Hey guys, welcome back to Real Talk. I'm your guest, Angela Bless. Thank you guys for tuning in every Tuesdays and Thursday. Um, to me, I pray that you guys, um, your week has been amazing. Tomorrow's Friday. And if you're in a different time zone than I am, I'm Eastern time. So it's Friday starts off spring break. So definitely keep your children safe, but also allow them to be productive around the house and outside and so forth. And um, my topic is today is, you know, growing up I just want to put grown up and I have my dad here for a short interview like I told you guys if I have topics or I try to keep the interviews under 15 to 20 minutes and we'll go from there also tune into Jive Talk as uh, Jive Talk on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern time and that is a sports podcast you can also go to our page Jive Talk 7102 and you can follow me or you can just like some pictures because I know I post a lot and a lot of people don't like all that posting I have to post in order for me to get clientele I say clientele oh no no in order for me to get clients that way so it's called growing up so um I wanted to get his perspective or how he grew up and what some of the um issues are row bearers that he may went through in life so um i'm gonna talk loud and he's gonna talk loud and i'm gonna edit it, the thing so um what did you have uh what did you have that other kids didn't have while growing up as you look at the world now um i was able to live in a home uh, it wasn't with my mother and father, they were separated, but it was still home. I had my grandparents that was there for me. Um, had great friends, good brothers and sisters, a great neighborhood. So when you're saying they were separate, did they always, did they not get along or they were just some issues they went through life that they had to just live in separate homes? No, they was, they was divorced. They was divorced, okay, okay. And what and what was something? Uh, what was the harder things you um, went through as a child? What was one of the hardest things you ever went through as a child? Uh, In life, as a child. The expectation that my father wanted me to live up to. Ooh, I hear a lot of guys go through that. The expectation that their father or their mother expect them to do something or or live up to it. And this is not knocking the parent off. And I'm going to ask you your opinion now. If God. And if you, you know, if you do believe in God, you know, I do believe in, in, in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I do believe that each person has their own purpose in life and their own destiny in life. Do you feel it's right that the ch- a person or parent should push a child to live out their dreams or their goals in life? Not their goals, the, the kids' goals. Mm-hmm. Because their goals and the kids' goals could be different. Mm-hmm. It's like my dad, he wanted me to be very good in sports, you know, but I was better in art. Mm-hmm. Uh, the music, me and him got along pretty good with, mm-hmm. you know, he liked my taste in music. I kind of liked his taste in music. Um, like I say, he wasn't a bad person. He was strict, wasn't a bad person, but he expected a lot, uh-huh. you know. Um, he wanted me to rise up more than I did. Yeah. And uh, I can understand that though, but it just, his expectation of what he wanted isn't what I wanted. Exactly. Okay. understand that part. Yeah. So did he get mad at a lot of the stuff that you didn't do for him? Oh, oh yes. <laughs> you know. 
Oh, yes. I don't think he hated you no, at he, all. It's just the point that he probably was disappointed. It's more of a control problem if you look at it sometimes. Like, sometimes, it, I, I say that because I, I see it in myself sometimes. Like, like sometimes my kids don't, even the grown ones, if they don't do certain things, I say, I get mad. Which I got to realize it's their life. And their path they got to go through. Well, so you got to look at it this way. I was the oldest son. Uh-huh. So I did things with, I had to do things with him that my other brothers didn't have to do. Mm-hmm. It's like, say, say, you know, I wanted money for the, to be able to go to the store to buy things, right? Mm-hmm. And action for like, you know, back then it was Converse's. Mm-hmm. Everybody wanted Converse's and I was getting mine from the Payless. Uh-huh. So what I'm saying? So for me to get the kind of tennis shoes I wanted, I had to go out and find something to do. So he got people in the neighborhood, had me cut their yard. Mm -hmm. Okay, I would cut the yard, come home, thinking I'm gonna keep the money on, you know, with me and my little bank. Nope, you take it, say he's saving it for me. He ain't gonna be spending all, you know, he gave me a few dollars to spend, but you know, the majority of it he took, put up. And for a long time, that was okay. I didn't mind, you know. Mm. And I always had a little, they always, the people that I worked for knew that, so they always had me do a little side stuff and would give me change, you know, for myself. Yeah. And say, you know, you know, keep this, this is for you. You know, see dad, this is for you. He found out with one person was that day, and they got in a big fight about it, but like they were saying, that boy working for this is not something that you're giving him out of the pocket. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm trying to teach him responsibility. He said, you don't think it's responsible that instead of on a Saturday morning, he's sitting in there watching cartoons, out there running with his friends, he cutting four or five yards that day. Mm-hmm. You know, when you know, like in the summer and stuff. Yeah. The lawnmower break. I didn't have my dad to fix it. I was using his lawnmower. Something happened to it. I got what we needed. Me and him got together. We fixed it. Got it run, but it came out of my pocket, mm-hmm. and I understood that he was teaching me the value of work, responsibility, and life. He didn't want me to grow up thinking that just everything get handed to you. Exactly. I had I had great grades until I got in the, like the tenth grade. My grades started slipping, uh-huh. right? And it started slipping because. I was just tired. I was, I was I was tired trying to prove this and tired trying to and, and it seemed like no more and that I achieved, it was never good enough. And see that's what a lot of people don't realize that youth do get tired. And I don't like speaking these um, words into existence. They do get stressed out stress out. They do go into depression. They they go through a lot of stuff also and a lot of people feel like that. You know, nah, they're just sure they shouldn't be going through that. They shouldn't be worrying about that. You'll be amazed as many youth I talk to, whether they about to graduate from high school or in middle school or even in elementary school, they they is a load on them. It's a load on them. They wear a lot of load. And you just heard what he said. He got tired. He was tired proving himself. He just got tired. He was just tired. Well, like I say, when he had to change, change when the brakes had when, when he needed to change the brakes on the car. You never got none of them. I got, I had three more brothers. You never got them. It was always me. They was out there playing ball or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm helping him work on the car. 
I, under, I got to understand it earlier, I'm helping him work on the car because he's trying to teach me that if I do get a car where I can fix certain things, it wouldn't have to always take it to a mechanic. Yeah. I'm, what I'm saying is that when you're young and you're growing up, you ain't thinking about that kind of stuff. But then when you get older, you understand why it was done because I got two daughters. And my oldest daughter used to ride with me all the time when I was working on my car. She used to come out there. I taught her, I taught her how to change oil. I taught her how to rotate tires. I taught her how to check a tire. I taught her about gas. I taught her about the oil transmission fuel. I taught her a lot of stuff about the cars back then. And this is like the late 70s and the early 80s. So. And he's telling the truth because I bought a Buick. I want a Buick so bad. And I'm like, look, the electrician or something, the lights are flickering and the the the, the, the speed is not coming up because it was computer. He said that car been in water. I'm like, I don't want to hear that. And, I, and guess what? He was telling the truth. That car was in water. I bought that car like a dummy. <laughs> like a dummy. <laughs> then the car had been in water. And that's true because I feel like this. A lot, not everyone, most of these generation, they want a lot of stuff handed to them. They're a generation that, that thinks that because of what they went through, you know, um, what's the word I want to put it? You know, a lot, a lot of them don't want to work. A lot of them don't want to be out there and be independent. You know what I'm saying? A lot of them don't want that responsibility. But at the end of the day, somebody has to um, teach them the right way. What 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 do you think is the difference between from where you was growing up and what's grow, and how we grew up? Well, my children growing up. Let's a put it lot that way. of a lot of kids nowadays have more stuff given to them. Mm -hmm. Then they go out and earn themselves. Like I said, my younger bro, my youngest brother, mm -hmm. right? He was with my grandma now. They would they would buy him buy him nice clothing, but stuff that he wanted, mm -hmm. they wouldn't get it. You know how he started had to earn his money? How? He started selling the Florida Sentinel. Mm -hmm. You know, the black paper that was in town. Yeah. That was his thing. He started selling the Florida Sentinel. Now my young my brother next to him, um, he was more sport oriented. Mm -hmm. Right? You know, he, he played football. Uh, he played baseball. Mm -hmm. I played basketball. I played baseball. Played softball and stuff like that. But you know, he was more athletic. I said he got to be more athletic than I was. Mm -hmm. You know, because my head was always in books, art. That's just the kind of stuff that I was really into. Mm -hmm. I wasn't really into sports that much. Yeah. And because of that, my daddy kind of cherished him. He kind of nurtured him. And he, he didn't he didn't go after you know he he, he didn't stress him out he he, he kind of like you know good job son like that there right. Well, how did you feel about that? Huh? How At first, I was upset about it, but as I got older, I understood. Understood. Okay. Okay. And then not that like the whole thing now when my dad we was all older, all us was adults. He wanted me to go to the army. I didn't want to go to the army. I had a job. I was fine with having my job. Mm -hmm. Okay. My brother next to me, he didn't go to the army, but my brother after that, he went to the army. Mm -hmm. When he went to the army, it was, see there? He, he the only one listening to me and da 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 this and da 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 that, right? Mm -hmm. He was proud of that though. I didn't want to go to the army. They was trying to start a war. 
You know, I never had shot a gun in my life then. You know, and I I just wasn't the confrontational kind. But everybody has to make a choice of what they do and how they do it. But see, I always work. That's the one thing I can say he was proud of me about because no matter what, I always work for what I got. I didn't just get go and say, I need some money, give me some money. I always went and got mine. The only thing I say was about it. When I went and got it, I felt I should have been spent it the way I want to spend it. <laughs> and I wasn't allowed to, to do, do that. that. Yeah. I hear a lot of people he from would, their generation he that would, says that. He would buy he would he would buy my brother in them clothes. He would get their clothes. I had to buy my own. And you think he probably treating you like that because he saw himself in you? No. He just he wanted he figured <laughs> I wouldn't be he said he, I wasn't being responsible enough to his expectations. But the things he taught me, I'm glad he taught me. I'm glad he taught me how to work on cars. I'm glad he taught me the responsibility of saving money instead of getting it and spending. I'm glad he taught me to, to like when I went through hard times that I had to be a man about it. When I did wrong and I ended up in prison, I didn't whine about it. I didn't cry to them and send me money and all that. This stuff. I took it with a grain of salt. I went and did what I had to do. I came home and all the stuff that I was doing that took me to prison, I quit doing. How important, how important is a father role in the house? Very important. Um, it's important to have, if, if you can have a- Or even a male role model. The right male role model. For boys, a male role model that's doing the right thing is a good thing, is a great thing. Mm -hmm. They try to tell you you know, a, 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 a lot of kids you talk, a lot of kids you talk to, guys you talk to today, and you try to say, hey, look at him. You need to watch not to do that, though. I'm telling you, as past history, what can happen, and a lot of them look at you like, man, you don't know what you're talking about. And then when I hear that, though, I hear the same thing I said. They <laughs> saying and, I, and all I tell them now is, hey, all I can do is tell you. Is tell you. When it bites you, well, I said, say, when it ends up biting to you, come running to me talking about help. Because I told you before it happened. It put me in the mind of this guy. Uh, I just saw it on um, one of the um, uh, social media uh, feeds. And he's he was in prison. They gave him 175 years. 175 years. He's been in there five months. And this is what he said. He said, I don't know who told y'all. Y'all get locked up, it's gonna be all gravy. He said these guys are shacking up with these young boys in here. They're fighting over these guys that come in here. He said it's just like I'm locked up in a cage and I'm an animal. He said, I tell you, do you don't want to come in here? He said, I don't know who told y'all it was all gravy in there. Jail, prison, prison is not for nobody. And he kept saying that. He kept saying that over and over again. And I think really think I need to have an episode on that because they really need to tell the truth about how prison really is because they don't realize how prison is. It's, it has changed dramatically, like a whole 360. But moving along, um, is there anything in your life that you look back on that you wish you could change? I mean, not wish, but you if you could go back, what would you change? Never use the drugs. Mm -hmm. And why you say that? Because that was most of my downfall with everything I did. Uh-huh. Right? Eat, okay. When I was going to school and I was smoking weed, before I started smoking weed, I was A and B student. Mm -hmm. I started smoking weed. My grades went from A and B 
B and C and sometimes B and D. Uh-huh. You know, I wasn't, I, I was I was looking more to pleasing my friends than thinking about my future. Oh, wow. See? And you got to understand something that for one thing, it was illegal. For number, and, and, and if you get caught, there was consequences behind it, right? Mm-hmm. And then most of them, even even underage drinking, we used to drink beer. Uh-huh. We was 15 and 16, we used to drink beer. And I really never liked the taste of beer. I liked the look more than I liked the beer. Uh-huh. But you know, you could get, you could buy beer. They wouldn't sell you liquor, but you get stores to sell you beer. But the whole thing about it was that you had things, you have things in your life that you have to really look at and see if this is what you want out of your life. Mm-hmm. After I turned 18 and I started working for myself and had to, had to, everything was on me, I had to live with that. There's a lot of things I could have did better, but I always worked. I always kept me a job. Mm-hmm. When my dad got sick, my two brothers that he looked after, and more really my three brothers that he looked after, none of them came. My, my youngest brother, he trusted and put him over his bank account. Uh-huh. But he the one should have been, him and his wife one should have been really taking care of him. Next thing I know, I have my own apartment, everything I'm doing okay. My mom called me and said, I need you to come over to the house. Mm-hmm. I had separated from my first wife, which wasn't a great thing for me, but it happens. And they said to me that since I didn't have my kids Mm -hmm. and that I was living alone and my dad was getting sick, they felt that I should be the one to go there and live with him. And I said, I don't think that's a good idea. Mm Right, I go. I used to go by and see my dad. Mm-hmm. I went by my dad's house one day. It was water uh, coming out the bathroom, uh-huh. and couldn't and, and didn't know where. It was just the bathroom was flooded, and it was coming into the hallway. So I went outside. I cut the water off, and I started searching. Mm-hmm. I mopped up all the water. Had it all mopped up everything and uh, uh, looked around and couldn't pop flush the toilet wasn't coming from there ran the bath tub wasn't coming from there ran the sink didn't see it coming from there went in the kitchen and, and ran it tried to see if I could see the water coming out the walls either one couldn't find it so after I mopped everything up I just left the water on the next day I went by my dad's house when I got off for of work and he was cussing, he started cussing me out like a sinner, saying his whole house flooded, right? Mm-hmm. What did I do, his whole house flooded? See, your whole house flooded. I said, I tried to find, I couldn't find it. So I said, okay, gotta do, got it. I had I had to think about another way. So the first thing I did, I went in the bathroom and I made sure everything was quiet. I cut the lights off, all the TV, I said, Dad, I need quiet so I could find what's going on. And I was checking the walls where the pipes would be running for the sink or for the the, the toilet and all like that. Uh-huh. The first leak I found 
was at where the toilet was. The pipe had rusted inside the floor. Uh-huh. Went and ran to the chipping gun. Took the towel up, chipped up, to, took the towel up, took the toilet up, and, st and started chipping the concrete around the pipe. Uh-huh. I was trying to chip down to where the pipe joined there. And we're gonna cut the pipe, put a repair coupling on it, and that would be it. So I got down to to a certain thing. I cut the water on, and the water just started shooting out the, the ground. So I chipped down some more, found out where the hole was in the pipe, took my saws off, cut the pipe, put a repair coupling on it, put that pipe that I cut off back on there with the with the uh, shut off valve already on it, hooked everything back up. No more leaks. And like I said, I went back over there a couple of days later, but daddy was screaming at me. Mm -hmm. And so when, when your dad did pass away, how did you feel? I was sad. Uh-huh. You know, of course, yeah. My dad, I was sad. Uh, at the end, at, at his end, uh, I'm the one ended up staying with him. Uh-huh. Until I went out like I usually do, and, and like I said, I wasn't working. I was, I had just, I started getting my check because I had got my back hurt, so I wasn't doing a whole lot of work, but this lady wanted me to come and change the faucet down the street. So I went down to change the faucet. I came back and uh, she wanted me to check something else. I told her, so I went home, I checked on my dad, I got him something to eat, I cleaned him up because he just, Looked like he just really had gave up. Uh -huh. He didn't care no. It was like he didn't care no more. And I, I, I used to take the soap because he would pee right now. He wouldn't go to the bathroom. I put him a bucket where he pee, and he wouldn't pee in the bucket. He just right in his clothes. Just like nothing was wrong. And I kept telling my brother and my sister, them the one that was they they had put over him, uh -huh. something wrong with that. Mm -hmm. Oh, he all right. I'm telling y'all, something wrong with daddy. He, he, he talk okay. He sort of act okay, but something ain't right. I know this. I've been one been around in the morse. I say, something ain't right with him. I finally got them. That got. I finally got my sister to talk. My sister, my youngest brother, because I'm the only two people he would listen to, to get him to go to the doctor. Uh huh. And took him to the doctor and found out he had syphilis. The doctor said that he had had it for at least six, seven months. So it had started eating away at his brain. Whoa. That's why he was irritable. That's why he got angry real quick. That's why he couldn't remember stuff because he had it. And then... I kept, well, how I really found out something was wrong though, is that I was staying there, I bought a washing machine for in the house. Because mm -hmm. I had to really, really change his clothes every day. Uh -huh. Right? And I saw, so whatever he wore that day, underwear and all, I would wash them, hang them out, all like that though. Have a clean set of clothes. What the next, the clean set of underwear, clothes, shirts. And I have like two sets for him to wear. Uh -huh. And. I took the the sofa, right? And I covered it with plastic. Cause I washed the pillowcases and the pillows 
and everything. Took them to the monument, put them in a big washer, washed them, and uh, scrubbed down the sofa and all like that, though. And brought them back home. And the next day, he'd be done peed on it and everything, and doing the whole thing all over. I had a living room set for myself when I planned on moving out. Uh -huh. I had in the back room uh -huh. for me, you know, when I moved from my own place. So I got a call about a lady wanted me to uh, put hang her a chandelier light up. Uh -huh. Figured it'd take me a few hours. I called my brother and told him and everything. And I said, you know what, when, when you riding through, check on daddy, mm -hmm. you know, cause I'm gonna be a few miles away. He was on, well, take the car. Man, I ain't taking daddy car. I ain't finna argue with him about his car. Yeah. Lady came, picked me up. Took me about two and a half hours to do the chandelier. Came back home. My brother had been there, got him something to eat. For some reason, like I say, my sister never came by the house. And I called and asked her would she come and sit with him where I could go do his job. She said she had so much to do. She comes by the house with some woman that worked with her. Going in, daddy had them peed on the sofa again and in his clothes. So, instead of her saying, well, come on, daddy, let me help you. Like, I done told him about this. Come on, daddy, let me help you. I see Tony got to change the clothes for you and everything. We'll go in there, let you go in, get it, take a little uh, shower real quick. I had a chair that he could sit in the bathtub. So, you know, he could sit in there and I had the long thing for the shower that you take down and you know, like in the bathroom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and everything and all like that, though. No, she don't do that, though. She called, um, what's the people when the elderly being abused? The elderly abuse, yeah. She called the elderly abuse people on, on me. Remember now, she didn't want to go take care of me. She didn't want to do this. She came up with every excuse. But she came over there to get some, see, but when she come over there, he always give her money. I'm talking about, I ain't talking about no 20, 30, 40 dollars. I'm talking about a couple of hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. And that's what she came. She came to get some money to make her car payment. But then you ain't take it, well, you wouldn't take, you could take the time out to come get this money, but you can't take four hours out of a day or two hours out of a day to spend time with. So, in a, well, so, in a, well, maybe I'm not so sure, what ended up having did he end up getting the home or he ended up dying in the house? No, um, he ended up. They had put him in. They had put him in the hospital. He was in the hospital for like seven days, and then when he got out of the hospital, they had him in his home place, right? Uh huh. And they were talking about keeping him. And I had them. The people had came and inspected the house because the way they was told, like the house was in shambles and uh -huh. drug use. And you got drug user and everything. That they came there, they ain't find none of that, uh -huh. right? The house was clean and everything. Uh, took my my furniture, took his sofa out, put it out. Took my furniture, put it in the living room. Uh -huh. And then um, they came up. They checked the house out. They said everything, but they said somebody got to be here with him twenty four seven. Okay, I gotta pay child support. Yeah. <laughs> or go to if I ain't pay the child support, I'm going to jail. Yeah. So, I got to go out and earn some money to pay my child support. Yeah. 
so my brother ended up when he and, and, and instead of bringing him back to the house took him over to his house uh-huh. and set him up in the room and uh and yeah I kept asking my brother oh, we need to go to the house and he kept telling me give my daddy excuses about uh the people the, the, the people in there they've been there fixing up the house because they say the house got to be done and all you know he, he kind of yeah he did lie to him you know but then and he was the one over his check and everything mm-hmm. right? i wasn't over his check so when it was time to pay the light bill i covered that he paid the water bill i covered the light bill Oh, so he ended up staying over your brother house. So after he stayed in your brother house, what happened after all of that? Him and my mama decided to sell the house. Uh-huh. So did your dad know about all of that? No. When he found out the house was, he, when he found out they sold the house, that was pretty much when he really went down here. The house meant everything to him. Mm-hmm. And when he, they sold the house, that's when everything went downhill. They took his car, took it over there to my brother's house. My brother and them, they had this back room. They took good care of him, don't get me wrong now. Mm-hmm. But you gotta remember, that house was his. Yeah. That was his life, that was his house. That was his lifeline, right? that was something and, he worked and, for and, his life. And the girls life. and stuff, cause he used to make, he used to make, get me up uh, one or two o'clock in the morning, talking about, what one of them girls that, that you be hanging out or you be bringing one of them over, you know. <laughs> they, they was willing to provide him, so I'll go find him one and bring one to him and I'd give him some money and they go on and he happy. As long as he was happy, I was happy, you know. So if I, if, but, but, but then, how, like I said, how I found out about the gonorrhea thing was one of the girls. Cause they had to go to the... To the health department. Yeah. Something wasn't right. They had to go to the health department. And they said that it had to be him because they hadn't messed with nobody else. Mm-hmm. Right? And I'm kept telling, like I said, I kept telling my brother and sister, he need to go to the doctor. Something ain't right. He need to do it. Nobody would listen to me until that until that happened. They took him to the doctor. My brother took him to the house. So we had the house. So I was over there in the house. I had a, a friend of mine stand there with me. I was still working. She would be to the house. I did, she would bring people to the house I didn't know about when I get there, but it was like, no matter what I did, it just wasn't good enough. So when they sold the house, I had my dad and I was upset about that because the house was paid for. Mm-hmm. I was saying, I kept saying, don't sell the house, get the pan. With my older sister, right? Mm-hmm. And so she, she talking about she needed to go get her apartment. Let her have a house. She was talking about she didn't want to go in there because that's where daddy died. I said, daddy did not die in that house. I said, Pam, keep the house in the family. Right now she paying a thousand and something dollars a month. I bet they wish now they would keep the house in the, in the family. Yeah, she paying a thousand and something dollars a month for an apartment. But she could have still just had that house right there that was paid for and just kept it up. And before we go and our closing, our, our closing uh, I need you to encourage, and I'm going to say young man because I'm saying this. I want you to encourage anyone that, that, that doesn't have a father figure or any kind of male robot in their life. What would you encourage them? 
I want you to encourage them and they try, they're going through something or they're trying to, you know, use drugs or they're trying to drop out you of gotta, school. You got to believe in yourself. You got to know that if you believe in yourself and you do right by yourself, that you can accomplish something. You want to have friends out there that's going to try to lead you in a way where they, where, 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 where things that you shouldn't be doing that you end up doing. You have to remember your actions got consequences. You know, you might not think of nothing about the little stuff you're doing, but all actions that you do have consequences. It comes back to you, good or bad, it's got a consequence behind it. And it do come back, and one day you will got to pay that piper. Yes, indeed. All right, appreciate your talk. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Okay, guys, continue to tune back in next week on Tuesday at the same time, 7 p.m. Eastern time. And also tune back in on Thursday. That's me falling everywhere, guys. And Thursday, too, at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Also tune into my sports podcast, our sports podcast, Virtues Radio Sports Podcast, as Jive Talk 7102. Love you guys. Be blessed. And continue to shine like never before. <laughs>